Welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. It has been a minute since we uh, sat down to talk football. Uh, welcome you in straight away, Ryan Lepore. Welcome back to the show. But mate, it's been a while. It certainly has, mate. Um, great to be back chatting with you and, and talking all things NFL. We've got a lot to catch up on after a, a few weeks hiatus. It's yeah, it's it's been a it, it only has been a couple of weeks, but it feels like it's been a lifetime because so much has happened and we probably can't talk about everything that's happened over the last last month, but we'll, we'll try and get through a, a little bit. But um, mate, first things first, I guess, how's the leg? And secondly, uh, for our listeners, this is this might be the, the last time we hear from you for a, for a week or two. You've got a, uh, a little bundle of joy on the way. <laughs> yeah, leg's going all right, mate. Um, all good from my end, but um, yeah, very exciting news to have a little girl coming into the world. Likely to be Monday at this stage with the um, partner going in to get induced. So, um, yeah, very exciting times, very busy times, and and yeah, probably unlikely to join you uh, this time next week. But hopefully, the week after, I'll um, I'll be back on deck. Hopefully, no interruptions, but we'll see how we go. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you can get some reception in the hospital to watch uh, game of the week on uh, on Monday morning. Um, very true. Very true. I'll um yeah I'll be disappointed if I miss out on too much red zone. <laughs> uh, there are some big games. There are some some big matchups coming up this week. But um we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But um I guess some talking points out of the last the last week in particular. But over the last the last couple of weeks, obviously the big news out of the NFL is that Frank Reich out in Carolina. Uh, obviously his own first season, uh, eleven games in as head coach of of the Panthers, and they've made the move. Um, the Carolina Panthers are an absolute dumpster fire of a franchise at the moment. But uh, what did you make of that move? Yeah, look, it's it's something I probably saw coming. And, and I know we had this chat um, a month or two ago and, and I kind of predicted that Frank Reich wouldn't see out the season in Carolina and thought he might be the first one on the chopping block. But um, John, uh, John, Josh McDaniels uh, beat him to the punch, getting fired from uh, Las Vegas first. But yeah, Frank Reich, unfortunately... The very undignified record of being fired in back-to-back seasons now after yeah. losing his job in India last year, and he became the first person since 1970 to hold that that title. But yeah, it's really it has been a disaster for the Panthers. And look, he he took over the play calling again the last couple of weeks, and they've managed a, a grand total of 20 points in those two games. So it's been a it's been a really unfortunate um, experiment, I suppose you call it in Carolina. I think they they threw a lot of assets to get up to the number one pick more than they probably needed to, and and to end up with Bryce Young, who still could be a good quarterback in the NFL, but goodness me, they, it looks like a big mistake, um, you know, selecting him over over Richardson even, and, and then, of course, the guy right behind him, CJ Stroud, who just looks like a bona fide stud and will be a pro bowler in his first seat in his rookie season, potentially even all pro the way he's going. Like, he's he's just been phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, it looks like a bad decision. For Bryce Young, he hasn't got many weapons around him. He's got a poor offensive line. He hasn't got barely any receivers. He's got an aging Adam Thielen who has, you know, started the season hot but has gone missing the last couple of weeks. That defense that they've leaned on hasn't been great either. Um, over the na- last couple of years, that's been their strength, their defense. But it has been a dumpster fire in Carolina, you're right? Six head coaches since 2019 the same amount as the Steelers since 1957, if you can believe. That's like the stability of one franchise compared to the dumpster fire that you mentioned, the Carolina Panthers. And they've got no draft capital. They aren't going to no. be good for a long time. 
time, Nick. This is the oh, issue. It, it's it's astonishing. It's astonishing the state that they find themselves in. And, and I mean, mm. so much of this has to come down to ownership, right? Like the way that yeah. ownership has made moves over the last two or three years. Um, and, and Panthers fans would have been devastated to see that press conference with David Tepper the other day, talking about how they expected to take um, – uh, they, they expected a trade for, for pick number two and take uh, CJ Stroud because they thought the Texans were going to take Bryce Young, um, even though he then said that they they wanted Bryce Young the entire time, but that's not what they were planning or expecting to happen. Um, I mean, it just seems like that place is a mess and they have no idea what they're doing. There's a the stories of, of David Tepper handing a, a piece of paper to um, you know, one of the, the coordinators saying, I saw this play on the weekend from one of the other teams. I want you to run it this week. It's like... <laughs> What is going on in Carolina? It's just like it is. It is unbelievable. But um, not the only not the only coaching change this week, mate. Yeah, look, Matt Canada. Um, blame Canada. Always makes <laughs> me think of uh, that South Park episode. But <laughs> poor Matt Canada has been relieved of his duties and look didn't make a difference. I mean, the Steelers all of a sudden Huge. looked like they had life on offense. Kenny Pickett was throwing the ball deep, throwing the ball over the middle. Um, the run game looked re- rejuvenated. I don't know what the massive change was, but. The Steelers look like a different team on the weekend and, you know, over 400 yards for the first time in 58 games, which is just a ridiculous stat to think that you could go that long and not not put up over 400 yards. And knowing how good that defense is and they've got um, to Mike's, you know, Mike Tomlin's quote of the best defensive player in the world on it, on their team, that could be a scary team come come playoff times if, they, if their offense can start clicking. I don't think Kenny Pickett is going to scare too many um, too many defenses in the AFC yet but um, we know how good the Steelers can be on defense so they're a scary proposition for anyone and um, they're, they're almost assured of playoffs right now and um, yeah it's just been a, a a great another great season for the Steelers who you know looked all at sea when you know Ben Roethlisberger was in his final year they looked like they didn't have a, a bunch of you know they had a bit of talent but they were just kind of losing their way and Somehow they've kind of figured it out and, and you know, these franchises, they tend to do it. But, um, yeah, look, the, it's it's good news for the Steelers fans who um, looks like they're going to see another winning season. Well, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Because people have been talking about that Steelers offense for a number of years now, even going back to, to you know, Big Ben's final couple of years there, there in Pittsburgh. Um, but that was the whole – that was what people wanted to see out of Kenny Pickett was was him being dynamic and throwing the ball and airing it out and, and, and having a crack. Um, and that was what was so disappointing about what we'd seen out of Pittsburgh over the first half of this season, I guess, was just how lethargic they seemed. I know they're still missing some weapons. I know they don't quite have – you know, it's not A.J. Brown and Devon A. Smith, you know, is it, in George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. But there's, they're, they're talented. There's there's enough there to make things work. And, and we saw that on the weekend. Pat Frymuth over 100 yards receiving. Yeah. George Pickens had a couple of catches. Deontay Johnson's had 50 yards. Yeah, and, and 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good young tight end and gives him that extra big body in there and another really good catch, um, you know, pass catcher. And he looked awesome, looked like he's um, Pickett's favourite target on the weekend. And yeah, well, that's, he's, a, uh, he's a big body, isn't he? And he takes yeah. takes some of the pressure off some of those smaller guys. Like, yeah, George Pickens, uh, he's obviously talented and, and athletic and all that sort of stuff, but he's you know, he's still not the guy. He's, I don't think he's ever going to be that number one guy who's going to he's going to get your your twelve or fourteen targets every week because he, he he's not 
consistent enough, at least not yet. Mm. Uh, but Frymuth has that big body. He can he can get into the slot. He can go outside. He can block, and and you know he's he's just so versatile. And you're right, he he looked a natural number one target for for Kenny Pickett. Um, and then when you add in the the, the two headed beast in Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, who can be so dynamic on the ground, um, they can they can do some things if, if they get this offense fit and firing. Um, yeah, I think you're right. You know, they're probably not going to go too deep into into the postseason, but yeah, they could cause an upset. Um, you know, if given an opportunity. Oh, for sure. And like I said, I think they're almost a lock for playoffs now. Um, whether they can push into that um, uh, AFC North division title, uh, not sure they can quite challenge the Ravens yet. But um, we know that division is always super tight, and those games can kind of you know throw out anything. So they've still got to play again. Um, so anything can happen, but yeah, the Steelers um, all of a sudden look alive on offense, which is a, a scary sight, like I mentioned, for, for all the rest of the NFL. Now, you mentioned it. Speaking of locks for the playoffs, there is one team that is actually a lock for the playoffs. They are officially clinched. They are the 10-1 and Philadelphia Eagles. They have shown that they are clearly the best team in the, in the competition at the moment. Now, still plenty of time left. That can change. That can change. But they've... You know, the, the argument has always been who have they beaten, who have they beaten, who have they beaten, and they've beaten the Dallas Cowboys, they've beaten the Kansas City Chiefs, they've beaten the Buffalo Bills in consecutive weeks, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen in consecutive weeks. Hard argument to uh, to, to push that they're not the best team in the league. No, and look, they they, they clearly are at the moment. Um, they're obviously two games better than everyone in terms of record. They they can win away, they can win on, they can win at home, they can win ugly, they can win you know, with a with a in a shootout. They can do a lot of the great things, the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's the we saw that kind of mentality come out in that game against Buffalo in probably arguably the game of the season, what a finish that was. Mm. And, you know, Jake Elliott with balls of steel to come out and slot that field goal to force overtime and um we'll touch on it shortly. But the poor poor Buffalo Bills and poor Josh <laughs> Allen still can't can't notch an overtime win. Owen six in his career, which is devastating for my boy who played his ass off. And oh, I'll um, tell you what, that that was possibly the least deserving loss that I've seen in a long time. Josh <laughs> Allen didn't deserve to lose that game. Bring back memory of the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago when um, we saw that ding dong battle with Patrick Mahomes and the and the Chiefs, you know, going up and down the field. And unfortunately, in that game. Josh Allen didn't get the ball in overtime, and and this time he did get a chance. He he just missed Gabe Davis, or Gabe Davis just missed him, but they just weren't connected. And you know Davis had a had a break on on his um, defender, and that should have been game over. And really disappointing because that that essentially ends the Buffalo Bills season. I don't think they can get into the playoffs now. I did a bit of a playoff predictor before we jumped on, and um, even kind of being generous to them, I don't think they can get in. I think they can best finish at nine and eight, and that's not going to be enough to, to get them into the AFC uh, playoffs this year, unfortunately, which which might, you know, um, which might make, see some change in Buffalo. And I'm sorry, I've got off to, uh, topic because I know we're supposed to be talking mm. about your boys, um, the Eagles, but what a test it's going to be for no, them okay. this week. It's, yeah. um, you know, arguably the second best team or, or um, you know, some would even say they're still better than the Eagles. So we'll, we'll definitely get to see that. Well, um, this week, but they're underdogs, aren't they? Yeah, I know. I can't believe the Niners are favourites. To be honest, I mean, incredible. Yeah, I mean, especially it's in Philly, um, that was surprising. But seeing what Philly have done the last couple of weeks, they've had two really tough games. They've, you know, tough conditions. The bodies won't be sore. They've. It's a loss they could 
afford to have as well. That's the thing, and that's uh, maybe what mm-hmm. the book is wary, wary about. And look, to be honest, I'll probably tip the Niners thinking for that reasoning. But, um, yeah, there's no reason why you should be tipping against Philly at this stage or, or betting against them there. Well, Lane Lane Johnson potentially is he, out is, yeah, is exactly. a big one, uh, but obviously it hasn't been, hasn't been hasn't been confirmed out. Um, but I think that's I think that's one of the big reasons that that they probably are the the underdogs in this one is that yeah, Lane Johnson's such a big part of that line. Um, the, the Niners are a bloody good. Where, team. Where's AJ Brown gone in the last two weeks? Well, mate? look, he had that he had that run of what five or six weeks of of just incredible form. He was due yeah, to, he was I'll due to regress, and, and yeah, they've. Devontae's on a on a tear now, so up. yeah, and that, but that's the mm. that, that's part of the, the the beautiful part of this offense, that's right? Exactly is that right. not yep. not many teams can cover both of them, um, let alone Jalen no. on the ground or DeAndre Swift or whoever it is. Um, the number of guys that can that can impact on the ground. Plus, you've got you know Dallas Goddard still coming back in in a week or so. Um, if not this week, he's a chance to come back this week. Um, they never mm. actually never actually put him on IR, so. I know, yeah. I, I, they were certain he was going to go on IR, so it's mm. a big, a huge relief and and a big win for the Eagles if they can get him back in the action pretty quick. So yeah, I mean that that offense. I think there's still some question. I think they're you know, still turning the ball over a little mm. bit too much, um, but you know that they they write the ship when it matters, and it's now three weeks in a row come from behind in the second half, fourth quarter comebacks, game winning drives, all that sort of stuff. Um, and Jalen Hurts just has has. Yeah, you know, ice in his blood. He's just, he's just insane, and, and he never looks happy. No matter what he does, he's doing some unbelievable things. He never looks happy. He never looks content. How was him and Jason Kelsey when Elliot kicked that field goal? He's like, <laughs> all right, let's go to work. Don't give a fuck. Well, did you? I don't know if you if if you heard his his press conference afterwards. And one of the one of the beat writers was like, "How how do you feel after doing these amazing things?" And he's just like. I don't know how to answer these questions. Like, all we want to do is go and win. We want to win a Super Bowl. We want to go and do... and he's like, I don't care about all these other so, things. I just want so to win a in, win a ring. It? He's so locked in. Um, and, and we'll talk more about Jalen Hurts a, a little bit later on. But you know, he's outright MVP favorite. Um, and the the way that the the defense is performing, especially when you look at at what these two kids are doing in um in Jalen Carter as a true rookie and and Jordan Davis who's really playing first. You know, you know, reliable minutes, reliable snaps. I mean, what these two are doing is is unheard of for for two for two kids of that age um, to come in and do what they're doing in their first and second seasons um, is just incredible. Um, and, and just you know, I, I I have no I have no concern about the defense whatsoever. Um, obviously, like I said, there's still some red flags on offense and turning the ball over and, and that sort of thing, but. You know they've shown that they can win, win dirty. They can win tough. They can win from behind. They can win in the rain. Um, they can, like you said, they can win away. They can win at home. Um, and all this, all of these things. Um, you know, last year it was they're winning too easy. They're not, they're not beating anyone. Um, you know what's going to happen when push comes to shove in the playoffs? And we saw kind of what happened when push came to shove in that you know final three minutes of the Super Bowl. Um, now I think if if you're in a, in the same situation with three minutes left in the Super Bowl, I think you'd be you'd be betting on Philly after what we've seen in the last month, um, and and the teams and the quarterbacks and the defenses that they've beaten. So um, yeah, but I, I'm I'm more bullish now than I was this time last year. Uh, yeah, I, I can definitely hear it in your voice and your assertiveness and, and look, and, and you have every reason to be confident. And, and like I said, um, at the start of the year, I, I thought Nick Sirianni should be in, in calculations for coach of the year. And it's not necessarily someone that should always, you know, be a surprise packet. It, it's a, a guy that's 
been phenomenal since he's come into the league and he's turned this Philadelphia Eagles team into a juggernaut. And, um, you know, you're going to probably potentially end up with the, the best record in the NFL again. And, yeah, there's, there's no reason why it couldn't be. And, yeah, look, they, you guys are um, an unbelievable team and I can't wait to watch um, that game on – is it Sunday night or is it just a late slate? It's uh, – no, it's just uh-huh. the late slate. It's not um, – so about four – or, you know, the 8.30 kickoff in, in our time. Oh, it'd be 8.25, yeah. Before the, um, yep. the pretty awful. Well, they're not bad primetime games this week, but um, the flex there should have been the Niners and the Eagles going into primetime, you'd mm, think. But uh, for sure. nonetheless, we'll get a hopefully good look at that. I'll probably miss it because I'll be in the birthing suite, but um, you'll have to give me a rundown after. Oh, you just stick the phone on. <laughs> KO on the phone. I'm sure you'll be right. Um, but no, you, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Josh Allen, that, that overtime um, loss again and, and that record. I mean, it, it is – it's just – it must be so frustrating. It must be so frustrating for, for him more than anything because in, in yeah. most of those games, he's put up incredible numbers and, and, and really good performances. And you mentioned potential changes in, in Buffalo. I mean, do you think the head coach is, is one of those changes come come the end of the season? Yeah, look, I think they've obviously already made the, the move with Ken Dorsey out as OC. Um, they have looked better with, with Brady doing the play calling and, you know, um, what what kind of has inspired them the last couple of weeks. They, they have looked better on offense. They're running the ball a bit better. The issue for me is that, they're still not that consistent receiver. I know Davis had another great, great game, but he's an enigma. He, he can go missing. We know that. Um, Shakir's kind of stepped up, but again, he goes, you know, he's too inconsistent. And then you got Kincaid, who's gets targeted a lot. And look, I, I think he's going to be a really good player, but he's made some bad drops. He, he dropped a couple on, in, in Philly on the weekend. He, I think he might have even had a fumble the week before. So, and again, I know there's been a shit ton of injuries and every, every team's got them, but it seems like the Bills have been ravaged all year. But that defense that Sean McDermott's, um, you know, calling and, and has had under his wings for so many years now looks a little bit tired, a little bit lost. And, and I think, you know, a change of voice or something might need to change because they've had a great run, the Bills, and um, three division titles in a row, I think it is. And they won't be repeating this year. And unfortunately, like I said, that they won't be making the playoffs. So... Do they run it back for one more year or do they kind of relieve McDermott of his duties at the end of this year? I'm not too sure of the answer. I probably – I would lean to letting him go, but it, it is it would be a very tough call and you'd have to be a brave judge. Mm. So to do it and you might – you you want to have someone lined up that you know is going to be um, – you know, because realistically Josh Allen's still in his prime and, and, and there's playmakers mm. all around him on both sides of the ball. So – um, another defensive piece would be very handy. You, you kind of wave where you say thanks, but no thanks to Von Miller. You get rid of some of that cap. Um, yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot of changes that need to be made. But uh, Frank Reich is available. I wouldn't I wouldn't be against them running it back for one more year, depending on what they do for, in free agency. But yeah, Frank Reich is available. <laughs> I think Frank Reich <laughs> needs a spell. <laughs> I think you might be right. Um, speaking of of AFC teams, the Baltimore Ravens started a little slow, but it, I think we've kind of become accustomed to that over the last five or, or, or ten years. But they are they're on a tear again, and and the Baltimore Ravens are really really good. Yeah, that defense is is unreal, isn't it? And they 
they've just got playmakers everywhere. You know, Roquan Smith, who I know you want to talk about a little bit later, who's been enormous. He's leading the league. How much of a bargain was Roquan Smith? Exactly. You got him for absolutely nothing last year. But then this is what the thing with the Bears. Then you go out, then they go and go, oh, you know what? We're going to give up all this capital and we're going to get Montez Sweat. Like, you had it, the guy. (laughs) You had him. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, look, Roquan Smith just looks like a Baltimore Raven, though, doesn't he? He just fits that. Oh, that, he does. That team. He does. Um, there's, they've just got, like I said, they've got players everywhere. They can do a job. Kyle Hamilton's a, a start as well. Um, they're, they're just fantastic on defense. Obviously, they've got um, an unpredictable run game. You know, they've got so many weapons. Keaton Mitchell's come into his own, and he looks like a, a little pocket rocket and could do a lot of new things, uh, little different things. Lamar's still a gun, and, he, and he's throwing the ball better than everywhere. And, and he's finally got, you know, his best core of receivers around him. And, Say Flowers had his best career game. Odell was kind of looking like he Odell looks good at the moment, doesn't he? Odell, yeah, yeah. And then Rashad Bateman is um, kind of stepping up as well. And I know they're missing Mark Andrews, and hopefully they can, for Ravens fans, they can get him back before the end of the season. But I say it likely is not the worst. And um, yeah, they're 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 a very good team, and I think they'll they'll finish the year um, as the number one seed in the AFC, which gives them every chance because they're very strong at home, and yeah, they could be Super Bowl bound. Yeah, it's 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 a warning shot for the AFC, isn't it? Baltimore at home because they're incredibly hard to beat in Baltimore, um, and and if they get the good run at home through the through the playoffs, then it's almost yeah Super Bowl bound um, for the Ravens. So yeah, massive massive move in the AFC there, and a- another move in the AFC that's kind of come out of nowhere: the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos, who I think Don't you look smart now, man. What's that? Don't you look smart now? Well, but he, he, I'd written them off a month ago. Anyone would have written them off after you. You get seventy points. You get torched for seventy. <laughs> and they were like before that, even that game, they were they were looking awful. And then, um, but yes, they've looked great since um, you know, the last five weeks since they've got on that win streak. They they beat Kansas City, and that's kind of got them got them sparked. And it's it's the defense, obviously, and we know that. The offense can get better. Like there's there's weapons there. Colton Sutton's fantastic when you when you're running the ball with three run, different running backs. Russell Wilson's looking more comfortable out of the pocket. Um, he's been great in terms of yeah. actually his interception to touchdown ratio. He's he's barely thrown a pick. He's been quite safe with the ball. He can uncork it. We know that he he can throw the deep ball. And I think there Sean Payton will be cooking something up. You know, in the next couple of weeks before the end of the regular season that. They'll get the deep plays out. They'll get the trickery out, and you know things will get rolling. But yeah, they're a scary team at the moment, the Broncos, which is um, not what I expected. Certainly after after week three or four. Well, yeah, I mean, two months ago we had them borderline bottom three team in the league in the NFL, um, not just in the AFC, but in the NFL as a whole. And and over the last month and a bit, I mean, they've just pulled it out. And one of the things that I was most impressed with on the weekend. Was I mean the the numbers aren't you know, they're not incredible numbers they're not blowing teams out of the water but they just methodically made things happen against one of the best defensive units in the competition I mean the Browns are a good defensive team um, they might be the best defensive team in the competition I mean they're right up there they're right up there with Baltimore and and, and a couple of other teams but you know again like Russ's numbers weren't incredible you know you look at them on paper and and they look pretty average but um, just the way that they moved the ball, the decisions they they made, 
Um, when they needed to do something on third down and fourth down, they did it. Um, and they pulled it out. They pulled it out and, and they just got the job done. Um, and I think it's I think they can still get a whole lot better. And this is what we wanted to see from from a Sean Payton Denver Broncos, isn't it? That we just wanted to see them, you know, start putting the pieces together and making things happen. And they've you know, it took a bit longer than I thought it would, but um, I mean, what we've seen in the last month or so has just been really impressive from Denver. And um, you know, I know, I know you want to talk about the, I guess, the, the playoff race in in the AFC, but um, they're right back in that for sure. And um, spoiler alert: I've still got them slightly missing, but. Um, again, that might be my bias against them because I still, I don't know, there's something about them at the moment that I still don't love. And um, to be honest, mm. they've burnt me the last couple of weeks because I thought they would fall <laughs> off the cliff. I, you know, I, they should have lost the Minnesota Vikings. They Vikings had that game of toast, but they let that slip. And then last week, I thought the Browns would go in and just completely stop them, their offense, and, and just stop them and shut them down and, and win a tight one. But like you said, Wilson was great. They methodically worked their way down the field. They got into field goal range on pretty much on every drive. They were, and then obviously their defense came and came to the party as well. And um, that was a good win, really good win by the Broncos. And massive matchup. Can't wait for this one against mm. the Texans this week. And that'll really kind of show them probably for both teams where where both teams are at. And it's it's one I've highlighted as one of the games of the week for sure because of the implications on in the playoff picture in, in particular. Absolutely. I mean, they're both. They're essentially a game out of the out of the playoff seedings. Um, you know, they're right there. They're on the cusp. They're on the cusp. Mate, they could if Kansas City slip, like which you know, fourteen nil down to the Raiders. You're like, surely not. But <laughs> um, if the Chiefs lost that, they're only one game ahead of the Broncos. Mm. I mean, they've still got that two game buffer. But obviously, Denver had the tie break now. So, well, actually, they both won against each other, didn't they? But yeah, look, it's it's very interesting. They're they're kind of in the conversation, which is a bit scary, and certainly I didn't see coming at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, even you go back six or seven weeks for both of those teams, the Houston Texans and and the Denver Broncos, it was, you know, it was like what draft picks they're going to have. Um, not not could they sneak into a into a a wild card game? Um, it's just yeah. What I mean, what those teams have done, and and I think. Like I said, I, I I was fairly bullish on the Broncos that they would they would put it together. I thought it would happen quicker, and it got to the point where I ended up. I agreed with you. I'd, I'd written them off; they were done for the season. It's all about next year now. But um, the the Houston Texans are the the big surprise for me. I mean, what they've been able to do over the course of this season. When you look at where they've come from over the the last three, um, they've been really impressive. And and um, you know, I said it in our I think in our last episode, maybe it was. Uh, one of the weeks earlier, but D'Amico Ryan's has to be, I mean, has to be in the, that conversation. I, I'm, I'm astounded that he's not, he's not favorite for, for coach of the year. Um, I, I know there's some other contenders for sure, as, as there always is, but what D'Amico Ryan's has done with that franchise in, you know, 20 weeks is incredible. Oh, completely agree. And he, he's turned that franchise around. They were a bit of a laughing stock with, Lovey Smith, Bill O'Brien recently, um, they'd kind of completely lost their way. They'd won, I think, a grand total of six games over the last two or three seasons. And their line this season was six. And I remember saying, you know, that's a it's one of my better bets of the season that they'll go under six again this mm. season. Like they have to double yeah. their output. I certainly didn't bank on CJ Stroud being as good as he is, and, and that's really the the major difference. I mean, they've got a guy called Tank Dell, who's pretty bloody exciting too. Nico Collins, who's yeah. almost like a rookie because he barely played in his rookie season last year. 
Um, and then you and you go on defense, and they're all unheralded kind of no name players, but they're they're holding up really well. And um, you know, Devin Singletary is the second coming of. They're playing like D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, I mean, it's just that mentality. And look, the Raiders like like with Antonio Pierce as well. The Raiders have adopted his mentality, and look, they look like a different team with him. I know they lost. You know, they're not going to be well beat as the Raiders, but they look like a different franchise. They just look like they're more invested. They they actually give a shit and. Mm. And that's what you can say about the Texans. And um, we saw on the weekend what a matchup it was with with Trevor Lawrence and CJ Stroud. That's, you know, a rivalry we're going to have in the AFC South for years to come. And it's pretty much been the most boring and one of the worst divisions in football for, for a lot of a lot of time, um, you know, since the Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck eras in, in Indianapolis. So um, to have those gun quarterbacks in there and then you've got a guy like Josh Richardson who started the season like a house on fire as well. Like that's actually going to be a really fun division moving forward. And, um, you know, we saw a, a glimpse of the future of the AFC on, on the weekend and that was a, a really thrilling game. And It was fun, wasn't it? I think that was the, the biggest thing is that for so long, like you said, in, in that division, it's been more about defensive play and, and kind of dour, real, you know, hard fought matchups with, you know, the Colts and, and the Titans and, and those guys um, in terms of kind of defensive matchups. But, Seeing those two ball out was cool. It was just it was just a really fun matchup, and and like you said, imagine you know, getting that twice a year for the next five or six or, or ten years. Like it's just it's really exciting for for the AFC South. Yeah, hundred percent. I've got both. Well, I won't spoil it. We'll, I'll save it for later. Save it for my take bag. <laughs> save it for later. We've got we've got the take bag for a reason. So let's 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 keep that uh, in in the back pocket. But um, a, a little interesting one over the last couple of days. Um, JPP coming in for a playoff run with the Dolphins. What did you make of that move? Well, to be honest, mate, I was actually just about to ask you because I didn't even read that news. So can you please enlighten me? Because I'm I didn't even realise he'd come out of is he was he retired? He was on the on the Saints practice squad. Was he? And yeah, I think it sounds like they've just signed him or they're about to sign him for uh for kind of the last last two months. Um and hopefully they can they can, you know, plug at least one of the gaps in that in that Miami defense but um there's plenty of them well they lost they just lost um Jalen Phillips right, who'd yeah. been unbelievable this year and he just came off one of his probably if not his best game of his career um against the Jets and that's a devastating blow and again another Achilles injury mm. it's just crazy and and again it was at MetLife Stadium and there's been a lot of discussion about the surface there and yeah, shattering for him and and so many players this year that have mm. ended up with so serious injuries. Well, that, I mean, it's probably a different conversation, but that that discussion about the turf at MetLife's been going on for a while, and and I don't know how much more proof they need before they make a change, um, because it's just it's awful for the game, it's awful for the players. I mean, you're going to get to a point where players, especially in the midst of a playoff run, mm. um, you know, down the stretch, are going to refuse to play there. Um, you know, the, the Eagles finished the season at MetLife. And you can imagine how many of those guys. Sirianni just literally he won't yeah, play he the won't practice squad. His there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, probably a conversation for another day. But um, I mean, a team, a team on a playoff run that could least afford to to lose a key defensive piece was Miami. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think this is this is a regardless of who it was, they had to make a move. Um, and obviously this is the time and, um, you know, this, this is the guy, he's an impact player. We've seen him do it a, a number of times over, over the last decade. He's, he's a guy who can come in and, 
and have an impact, make a difference and, and make things happen, um, be a playmaker on defense. And it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what, what kind of shape he's in, you know, over the next month and, and whether he can, ha- is, can have that type of still impact. still have a claw for a hand or what's the deal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. It's, I mean, yeah, well, you don't, you don't grow fingers, do you? No, that's true. Like, I mean, he's, again, even if he does, you know, he plays, you know, half of the snaps, he's, mm. he's one of those guys you want in the locker room for his experience, his leadership and, um, but yeah, he can make plays he, even if even if he's only playing fifty yeah. percent of snaps. He can he can make plays, um, and he's just and that's what they need. Like you said, exactly. They yeah. need another playmaker on defense, Miami, and that's what they're missing. So, um, yeah, it's a good shrewd signing. The Saints, the Saints, and their their division. Well, that whole division, mate. <laughs> yes, we, we've spoken about man. dumpster fires already. I didn't want to it's use that. Mess. Didn't want to use that phrase again. But tell it. <laughs> talk to me about the NFC South. Tom Brady played disgracefully last year and won that division with an eight and nine record. And it's going to end up that way again. I don't think I can see, well, it's, it's, there's not going to be a nine, uh, a 10 win team in that division. There's going to be nine and eight, eight and nine. And it's going to be out of the saints and the Falcons. And Mm. I can't believe the saints couldn't win that game on the weekend. I did tip the Falcons, but God, they, they're just awful. Aren't they the saints? I mean, they got into the red zone five times, um, so turned it over so twice, um, including a pick six uh, in their red zone attempts and kicked five field goals. Jesse Bates that, was that pick turn, six both was turnovers were, were thanks to him, and he he's a stud. We know that um, for the Falcons again, they look a little bit lost with um, Desmond Ritter, but give the ball to Bajan and look what happens. Like he can make plays. He two touchdowns, one in the air, one on the ground. Um, and then you got like guys like Jesse Bates, like I said, and what someone, one of those teams has got to win that division. Um, the Bucks had a chance to sneak one against the Colts. Probably, sh- oh, I'm not sure if they should have won, but they they definitely had their opportunities. Um, they're still in it. That's the thing. So. Well, they're still in it, aren't they? I mean, even at four and seven, that I mean, that that shows that they've shows lost, the power of that division or the lack of power in that division. They've lost six of their last seven. seven the Bucks. Four seven six of their last still seven, and they're still in well the playoff in the hunt. like that. In the playoff hunt, yeah. that's yeah, it is. It is a mess. The NFC South. It is the new AFC South. But yeah, the NFC South's been poor for a few years now. Um, outside of obviously the Bucks winning the Super Bowl. Who's who's your pick? Who's your pick now? You know, ahead of ahead of week thirteen. I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. Or you know, we haven't spoken for a couple of weeks, but I think I said it that I I didn't I lost all faith in the Saints. They've looked better in the weeks that we haven't spoken. Uh, but then they went back to the the same old mm. kind of Saints last week, and then they've got a few injuries now. Michael Thomas is on IR. Chris Olave got concussion. Um, Derek Carr's always banged up. So um, I've got the Falcons winning that division. Yeah, I think I do too. I think I do too. The Saints should, and, and it's it's a discussion we had at the start of the season that that they have so much more talent than everyone on in that division. So mm. uh, another wasted season for the Saints potentially. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I can't believe that I'm saying it at this point of the season. Uh, because again, yeah, I think um, Falcons unders was one of the was one of the plays of the the preseason, um, and, and to have them winning the division is just astonishing. Um, speaking of astonishing, and I'm really glad you put this on on the run sheet because it was going to be one of my talking points if if it wasn't one of yours. But that Monday night football game is one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I, there's been a couple of contenders of, of worst games of the season uh, this season already, but that was. 
god awful. Ah, disgusting, disgusting. I had to turn it off a couple of times, and I still got drawn back into it because I saw the score was still close, and um, there was fantasy implications um, that you and I were both talking about. Oh, that was yeah. that was probably the highlight, knowing what was going on. I had a few players to go over, and I had needed a few players to go under, and there was all kind of things going on, and that was the real interest of you watching it because. If I didn't have any Bears or Vikings players, I would have not bothered watching it. You knew it was going to be a, probably an ordinary game going into it, but then it was probably, you know, scratch your eyes out bad. Like, it was so shit. And I, I really don't hope that any non-NFL fan turned on and go, you know what, I'm going to give an NFL mm. chance this week or this this game. I'm going to see what it's all about. If they watched that, they would have been like, I hate ESPN. I've just seen ad after ad after ad because there was that many turnovers, that many changes, yeah. change of possessions. It was just a bad game. It was awful. One of the worst in recent memory. And the fact that on prime time is disappointing for all the fantastic games that don't get seen at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. in the morning. Very annoying. I was was talking about this on on Tuesday because we've, we've got a Bears fan in the office and, and we were watching that game and and even he was like, this is one of the worst Bears teams that I've seen in in my life, and yet I've seen them on mm. primetime more this season than I think I have in the last decade. It feels like they're they're on primetime games almost every second week at the moment. Like, what's going on? Uh, some of the scheduling is is actually ridiculous, and um, obviously they're a big market team, but it's I don't give a fuck. They're just so bad. Do not put them on there. They're so bad. Oh shit, that's so bad. Um, but now that you've raised it, let's. Why don't we give the listeners a bit of insight into into the chaos that was Monday oh, Night Football for 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 you and me and our fantasy oh, league? Uh, that was that was one of the biggest chaos trades that I've ever seen and been a part of in fantasy football. I still don't know if it's the right thing or what happened, but um, anyway, I'd, uh, we we got it done. The results stood as they should have, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I'll just advise anyone that's trying to trade players on the deadline, make sure that the game is started or, you know, you have a replacement in that spot because Sleeper or any other app can, can fuck you. Um, and that's what one of the cases. Well, they threw up some threw up some, some curveballs late, didn't they? Thankfully, um, being commissioner, I was able to fix it up a little bit and kind of get the right result for, for all the teams um, that were in, involved in the trade. So... We live to fight another day. How's our fantasy team going on Yahoo, by the way? I haven't checked that one. Uh, I think we're I think we're third in the rankings. Dropped I think we're six and six or something. Six and six, oh, maybe. Um, yeah, had a couple of had a couple. We had a bad loss. I think we were second or third highest scorer this week and lost. It's uh, always the way. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. But um, yeah, we're. we're we're still champions for a few more weeks, at least. Still, that, still waiting on a payout for that, but anyway. Yeah, that's that's on me. I haven't, I haven't chased that up. Um, yeah, how's that scotch going, by the way, mate? That's, Whiskey, I should say. Still in yeah. the post. It's, it must be, must be. <laughs> I, 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 I'm actually. I know it's gonna. This is gonna sound like the biggest cop out because it's taken so long. But I'm actually trying to organise something special for it. And it's just taking its time now. You don't need to do uh, anything special, mate. I'm no, thirsty. No, no, no. Need, it's you, you won the you won the bet. You won the bet, and now I'm trying to get you something good and something special um, because it has taken so long. So something alcoholic would be nice. That's all I need at the moment. <laughs> it, definitely alcoholic. Definitely alcoholic. It, so it, it is. It is happening. It's. I apologise. It's taken so damn long. Um, <laughs> that's. Um, 
That's about all we've got time for. But it will. Um, looking at the the leaders, it, it has been a few weeks since we've we've done this. But yeah, it's changed a bit. It ha- the fact that Tua is not leading the passing yards is is amazing. And well, and yeah. that it's not that it's not Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. It's amazing. Go on, say it. <laughs> Sam Howell. Sam Howell's leading Sam the NFL in passing Howell. yards. Write your own ticket for him to be leading the league in passing yards at any week, let alone at week 12. Um, he has played all 12 games. Tua and CJ Stroud and the likes that are nipping on his heels have played the 11 games and had their bye already. Mm-hmm. So, look, when, when Washington finally have their bye uh, next week, he might drop off there, but at the moment he's he's led the league for a couple of weeks. Actually, I've been keeping an eye on it. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, Sam Howe, who gets a lot of junk time yards. Well, he, he's had five three hundred plus pass yard game. Like he's no, nah, he's a good quarter. Yeah. I think he's going to be a good quarterback, yeah. and he's definitely the best quarterback the Commanders have had for for quite a number of years. So well, at least since Carson Wentz, they need to stick with him. Get him a fucking offensive line. Mm. He's been sacked the most in the league by a fair way. So. They can protect him. They've got playmakers, as, as you know, with McLaurin and Dotson, mm. and they've got Robinson and um, Gibson, and then they've got like Diamond Brown, who's dynamic. You've got Logan Thomas. Like there's there's kind of playmakers everywhere, and Curtis Samuel. So they're well stocked. They just need to get some more protection for him and get a. Well, they had two great defenders, and they just yeah. gave them away. But yeah, who knows what's going on in Washington? But. Yeah. Um, Get an offensive line yeah, to help him out. It does remind you of a few others. I mean, I, I know that Sam Howell's not a number one pick, but, you know, Andrew Luck in, in Indy and, and... Well, Sam Howell was... Yeah, well, that's it. He's a lot... He's, he's a poor man's Andrew Luck, that's for sure. He was a fifth or a sixth mm. rounder um, second season, although he barely played in his rookie season. We know he was he played maybe, what, the last couple of games last year. But um, he was a good college quarterback and, um, you know, had a lot of wins in North Carolina and things, so... He he's proven himself to be a, a a mainstay in the league. You think for it? Well, earned himself another contract. Um, so we'll see what happens there in Washington. But yeah, like I said, it's a bit of a weird dynamic that he's leading the league mm. in there. Seems good off. It does, doesn't it? And I mean, Tyreek Hill leading the league in receiving yards is not surprising. Yes, I guess when when he was at a thousand yards after what week seven. Um, it does feel like he slowed it down. Does a feel bit, like he slowed down a bit, but it's still that's an incredible number. It's an incredible number. Um, and, and he's still got six games to and go. He's, he's opened up the gap a little bit as well because AJ Brown was only about fifty or sixty yards behind him uh, about three or four weeks ago, um, and now he's now he's got two hundred yards on Keenan Allen in second spot, um, and another fifty or sixty on CD Lamb after that. So it's I mean mm. what what he's doing is is incredible, and I mean he'll he'll romp that in um can he get to 2000 he's got six games to go and 650 or so to go so he'll he'll, he should get there the way they like the trajectory is going which is phenomenal yeah 100 100 especially with you know the the running game has been relatively strong Mm. but we know that that devon archain has has missed games he's he's rarely fit um Raheem Mostert is, is a veteran now, and, and he's getting banged up, and you know, still playing well. But um, you know, I think they're going to keep they're going to keep throwing the ball. It's that's part of their their you know key game plan. So, yeah, absolutely, two two thousand um, is is on the agenda. Christian McCaffrey leading the rushing yards, no surprises there. Phenomenal year again from C Mac, and got back on the score sheet as well. Um, 
which is good to see, given the Yaddy streak broken. Um, yes. So see Mac doing You'll add to that things. this week. Yeah, well, probably. Probably. <laughs> um, the sacks number. The sacks number is 13 and a half sacks after 12, 12 weeks is uh, is a good deal. And TJ Watt, my boy, uh, equal, he's back equal, equal number one with Daniil Hunter from uh, the Vikings. And, and that's just, there's a lot of good guys at the top of that leaderboard. Isn't there? Yeah, it's a it's a crazy good list, and it's it's a wide open race for defensive player of the year and uh, this year, and yeah, it could easily be any of the guys that are at top of the market at the moment. And um, TJ Watt, your man, could be in line for number three in a row. Who knows? Is it three sack in a row? I know Nick Boats won a lot, but I mean, there's there's one and a half sacks that separate equal first to fifth, and you got Khalil Mack in third, equal with Miles Garrett with thirteen. And then Josh Allen at five with twelve, um, and even then, still after that, Max Crosby and Micah Parsons eleven and a half, Kayvon Thibodeau at eleven, Trey Hendrickson ten and a half. It's just this studs. That leaderboard is just stud after stud after stud. It's really cool. Um, Roquan Smith, we mentioned before. Speaking of studs, leading the league in, in tackles. I think he. I think he led the league last year um, in, in Baltimore as well. Um, and he's on track. Well, to... he would have got most of those in Chicago, but yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I think it's the the highest paid linebacker now, isn't he? he the most expensive, most expensive contract in NFL history for a linebacker um, preseason. So he's a stud. And and uh, Deron Bland, Dallas, who is he? The Dallas nobody. <laughs> he's he's just been phenomenal. And you know, some of the like the phenomenal thing is he's not getting him on the 20-yard line and then just running it in untouched. He's running around players and going from 50, 60, 70 yards with some of his pick sixes. It's been incredible. To return five of them, league, um, it's a record already. Um, and there's still six games to go. So, um, mm. yeah, phenomenal. And he's tied with some some big names, even on the offensive side, isn't he? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. I was just having a look at this a little bit earlier. He's got the same amount or more touchdowns this season as Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, and Amon Ra St. Brown, which, I mean, it's, those guys are, are offensive stars, um, and he's got the same or more touchdowns than, than those guys. It's just amazing. When you when I first read that, I'm like, combined? Not combined, no. No, not combined, <laughs> but yes, individually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, phenomenal stat, because you'd think, you know, like they're some of the best offensive players in the league, as you just mentioned. So, Well, he's, um, he's 11.50 for... Defensive player of the year. I know it's it's unusual for a for a corner or a safety to to kind of win that award, and and often it's those those sack leaders um, that that win that award. But at eleven fifty, is it worth a little a little flutter? I mean, we saw um, Trayvon Diggs with with his was eleven or twelve um, interceptions last season. Didn't win it. I don't even think he got a vote. Um, I don't even think he got a single vote in the award. But this is a this is an all-time NFL record we're talking about now. So, I mean, surely you'd have to be in the conversation. And, and at eleven fifty, is that worth worth a, a shekel? If he gets another couple more, or you know, um, he adds that tally, goes let's say gets the eight, which is double the previous record. Like he, he has to be in consideration at the very least. So, for sure, mm. for sure. Um, a few of those other other player awards and where they're at 
Jalen Hurts, as we mentioned before, outright favorite for MVP at $2.50. Patrick Mahomes, second at $4.50. Um, and CJ Stroud, who you, you mentioned, is an unbackable offensive rookie of the year favorite, $1.01 for that award. It's the easiest um, one percent you'll ever make. <laughs> easiest, easiest one cent you'll ever make. Um, yeah, incredible, incredible. Jalen Carter still a dollar thirty six for defensive rookie of the year. That could be an easy thirty six cents. Like that's um, <laughs> that seems like good money as well. Like he he's clearly been the best defensive rookie in my opinion. And there there have been some good defensive rookies, but he's I mean he's he's streets ahead at the moment. I think an injury is really the only thing that can stop him from winning that now. Sure. Um, speaking of, of rankings, uh, you've been kind enough to do the the power rankings this week. It's your you might have a week off next week, so good for you for doing it this week. Um, but uh, you want to want to run us? Yeah, through? well, I, I did them last week as well in anticipation of doing the show. So I have got a little bit of a a guide and, and kind of can give a bit of a difference. But still, unsurprisingly, the Eagles are at the top number one spot. I've got the number one seed in the AFC at number two, which is the Baltimore Ravens at nine and three. They're about to go on their bye. So the top three, sorry, top six. Seven. Top seven haven't changed from last week. And um, in number three was the Niners, who, um, you know, after a blip, losing five in a row, uh, sorry, losing three in a row after winning five in a row, won another three in a row, and all of a sudden looked like one of the better teams in the NFL again. So they are sitting at number three at eight and three. The Chiefs um, did what they needed to at uh, eight and three and still sit in fourth spot. Cowboys. Uh, in fifth at eight and three as well. They've just been completely dominant at home and beating up on bad teams incredibly out of their six games this year at home. They are plus 145, if you don't mind. That's big numbers, but they haven't played anyone at home and they get a good opportunity to play a better team at home this mm. week on Thursday Night Football. Interesting game, that one. Huge. Seahawks coming to town. Dolphins stay in sixth uh, at eight and three. They beat up on the Jets in one of the... In the Black Friday game, um, that was off Broadway early Friday morning uh, or Saturday morning out time, I should say. Uh, Lions eight and three. That was a bad loss on Thanksgiving. It's what the Lions do on Thanksgiving is they lose, um, but they still remain at eight and three mm. for mine and stay in seventh ahead of the Jags, who are also eight and three. Could make an argument the Jags could have slipped up just ahead of the Lions, but. If I've got those two teams playing right now, I still think the Lions could win that game. So that's the reason why. I don't know why I've got the Bills here at ninth. I have to leave them there because of the talent uh, still on that team. I, I know they're not going to make the playoffs, but um, <laughs> no, I can't have them. No, that's probably bought. You could move. They've them got down. the runs on the board, don't and they? I've even They've jumped the them the from last week. Last so I don't know how that's. They've happened. got some credits on in the bank, spot and they lost so. I don't know what I've done. But the Browns lost as well, um, who are down there in 10th. Just slightly ahead of the Steelers, who, again, could make an argument that the Steelers could be ahead of them, but the Browns beat them only two weeks ago. The Texans are the ones, for me, nipping at their heels in 12th at 7. Uh, sorry, 6 and 5. But they obviously lost on the weekend, but lost no admirers. The Seahawks, 6 and 5, 13th. The Colts are in this conversation for the first time this season at 6 and 5 as well into the top 15, and all of a sudden they're into playoff position. Uh, and the Vikings, despite those two losses and one of the worst losses you'll ever see on Monday Night Football, 
remaining 15th because he can't split. There's a lot of shit teams behind him, a lot of average, mediocre teams. Like there's the Falcons, there's the Saints, there's the Jets, there's the um, Packers, there's there the Rams. Like, you know, they could also be in that conversation for 15th, but it really doesn't mean anything. The Packers. Um, as we go down the leaderboard, we always have kept the bottom three in this, this season. The Panthers mm. obviously remain... Locked to 32nd. I'm very pleased to say that the Patriots have entered the conversation over the last two weeks. And they are now the 31st ranked team, in my opinion. And I wish whoever's pinging me on teams, and hopefully you guys can't hear that, can fuck off. I love it. He's annoying the shit out of me. And if I mute... I love uh, it. If I mute him, I can't mute you. And then I'm just trying to talk at the same time. Anyway, (laughs) the Patriots are 2 and (laughs) 9. The Cardinals are 2 and 10. um, And they are 30th. So they're ahead of the Patriots. (laughs) despite a worse record because they at least have a quarterback. The Patriots don't have one. Mm. I, it's really interesting because I, I agree with you actually on, on that one. And like I said, I, I love seeing the Patriots down the bottom there. Um, but I agree that that is, that's a, a key difference despite having the, the worst record with an, an extra game, the Cardinals. But Kyler Murray is a huge piece in, in that franchise. I mean, where do you see, I kind of feel like, I mean, clearly all is not, happy in the Arizona Cardinals world. Um, is there a, is there a, a scenario where Kyler Murray's not a Cardinal come next season? Um, no, I think he'll, he'll stay. Um, he looked great in his first mm. game back and um, they won that game against the Falcons. They were in, in it up to their eyeballs against a good Texans team last week. And then they just laid, a, laid an egg against the Rams last week. They just could not, Stop Kyron Williams. They couldn't stop the Rams' passing game. They couldn't do anything on offense. It was pretty pretty horrible to watch in a game that I thought the Cardinals could mm. could win. To be honest, um, I know their record against the Rams is is horrible um, in recent seasons, but um, that was a game I definitely thought they could win, and they just looked awful. And I, I think Kyler will stay, um, see it out for another season under. Um, under the new coach, he obviously has barely played this season. So um, he's still got, what, how many years on his contract as well? Like, there's a lot of money guaranteed to him, I think. So they're tied into Kyler Murray. Um, they'll obviously get a nice piece being a high draft pick this year. They're, they're not the worst. Like, they still have a little bit to work with. Um, whereas the Patriots, I know Van, for instance, are, are diabolical and, and they need a new quarterback, which is obviously the key key thing mm. in um, – they need, they need offensive playmakers. They need wide receivers. They need run. Oh, don't necessarily need a running back, but they they definitely need wide receivers and a quarterback. And that defense has been banged up all year. They need some. They need some more studs there. So it's it's a it's great to see them struggling, but they look <laughs> awful. That, they are awful. They are awful. Um, speaking of something not awful, as we we look into the. The matchups ahead in in week thirteen. They're, like we said off the top, there's some some really decent games this week. And I mean, you mentioned the intriguing matchup of of Seattle at Dallas. Um, I, I've got Dallas winning this at home. I think they're really tough to beat at home, um, and I think that they're just better all over the field on on both sides of the ball. But I am intrigued to see um, the the trade piece that that Seattle brought in. Um, Leonard Williams, see how he goes against this Dallas Cowboys offense, um, because I feel like I feel like they have looked stronger on defense over the last couple of weeks, um, and 
he could be a really pivotal player in this in this matchup. But it is an intriguing one, even though I think I think Dallas will win and I think they'll win it relatively easily. But I do feel like he's a bit of the wild card for that Seattle defense um, in terms of making something happen. Yeah, the Seahawks have kind of, I wouldn't say fallen off a cliff, but they've lost three of the last four. They were awful in that first half against the Niners. They just couldn't get, they barely had a first down in that first half. They let the Niners run all over them. McCaffrey had his way and, and same with Brock Purdy. They stiffened up a bit in that second half, but yeah, against Dallas in that in Arlington at the moment, it's a tough assignment. The Seattle Seahawks have got a good record against Dallas recently. Um, I think they've won four of their last five, but um, different teams at the moment. I think um, yeah, Dallas continue continue rolling, but it is an interesting game, and hopefully, it's a um, a decent prime time one for us. And one of the games you've got highlighted here is uh, Detroit at. New Orleans. What what is it about this one that, that intrigues you? Uh it's not so much that it intrigues me. I kinda had to thought I had to pick one more in this early slate, which is a bit <laughs> a bit hit and miss. Um there's only one real good game in that in being the Broncos and the Texans. But I think it's just important. Um the Saints are back at home in the context of the season, NFC South, the Falcons go to New York and play the Jets. They need to win this, the Saints. They get the lines at the right time coming off a, a bad loss, potentially. Um, Detroit would have a good chance, would like to, you know, the opportunity to bounce back pretty quickly and, and show that they are still a contender in the NFC um, and keep their, you know, slim hopes of number one seed alive. You know, they're only two games behind you guys. Um, so they're still wide, you know, right in the race for the number one seed in the NFC. So uh, it's important for that respective, more so um, uh, for me in that one. But yeah. Interesting to see how that kind of plays out, and hopefully it's a bit of a shootout. It could be in the dome with those two teams. Um, mm. Historically, they've kind of been high-scoring teams against each other, but um, we know it's been a bit more of a different Saints offense this year. But um, yeah, I think it's just got a lot of ramifications in the context of the playoff picture. Well, speaking of shootout, I just want to ask you: this isn't one that you've highlighted here, but how many points do you reckon will be scored in the Colts Titans game? Three. <laughs> Um. Well, yeah, you add a zero to that. No, Jonathan Taylor. No, under thirty, maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, I reckon. I reckon that's a fair. That's a fair assumption. Um, the other, I think, I don't know what the line is, but it it, it should only be mid thirties at the most. Let's have a quick look. Well, if you want to keep talking about this matchup for a minute, I'll go. I'll tell you what the line is. Oh, I've got nothing else to say about this matchup. No, but like look, the Colts, all of a sudden, are, you know, in the playoff picture, it's it's disappointing. Just Jonathan Taylor's hurt his thumb. All of a sudden, he looks like you know the stud that he was. Um, Forty-two and a half. Two seasons ago, when he was. Forty-two and a half. Forty-two and a half. Yep. Oh, there you go. Is this a trap again? Yeah, or it feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah, the under's better time. Look, the Colts are good on defense, but they they have played in a few high-scoring games in the last couple of weeks. The Titans are not that though, and and the Titans. Um, I know they. You know they looked awesome on offense in in Levis's first game, but since then it's been pretty 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 woeful from the Titans' offense. And Derrick Henry can barely run at the moment. He he's not breaking tackles. He's not kind of having that explosiveness. So um, that looks like a really obvious play of under forty two for sure. Almost but too obvious, doesn't again, it? Mm. Um, but yeah, the game for the game of the early slate has to be the Broncos and Texans. Um, obviously the Broncos coming in with a five-game winning streak. The Texans have been up and down, but they still hold a, a winning record. 
Um, and I just want to watch CJ Stroud play. He he's just he's just so fun to watch. Um, the whole Texans team is is a good watch at the moment. Um, who would have thought you would have said that at the start of the season? Mm. But at home in Houston, they can make a statement and, and show the world that they are really ready for for the AFC playoffs this year. Um, if they can beat the um the rolling Broncos, so yeah, I think that's um obviously the game of the early slate for sure. Well, the other one that I wanted to ask you about was. Miami, Washington, Washington have conceded 76 points in the last two weeks and they come up against that Miami off, uh, offense. They could concede 76 in this week. <laughs> um, that would be good. Mind you, they, they could, they could put up 50 against Miami as well. So yeah, look, I think um, if that was in Miami, there's a, there's definitely a realistic chance of that. I just don't think Miami travel all that well um you know they they like their own climate they like playing in in the warm weather and at home but yeah they could put up a big score against the commanders uh, we saw the cowboys you know they looked like in on the thanksgiving day that they were kind of uh, i think it was like 20 to 10 at half time looked like a bit of a, a bit more of a defensive struggle and then all of a sudden the cowboys just went wooshka so um yeah, the commanders can leak points in a hurry, definitely. So that could be a that could be a bit of a shootout. Now, game of the week in the late slaters, we've already talked about San Francisco at Philadelphia. Tell me why the Niners will beat the Eagles. It's a great question because I don't really have an answer for you because the quarterback is a, is better for Philly. the The run game is much better for the Niners, and then your defenses are pretty much on le- on level pegging, I think. I mean, they're both superstars. And obviously the Eagles have that home ground advantage. So there's, there's probably no reason why you should be tipping against the Eagles or why they should be underdogs. Um, just going back to what I said at the start of the show about them just being on tired legs, having that two-game buffer. Is it something that... Oh, I know it's an NFC Championship um, rematch, so there's, there's that kind of hunger and that kind of pride on the line, but... I don't know. It's just not a game that the Eagles need to win. They might be a bit banged up, especially if, like you said, Lane Johnson doesn't play. It's a big piece. Um, mm. Yeah, just got the Niners edging this one. They seem to be kind of rolling again. And obviously, of a couple more days break, um, coming off Thanksgiving game, Eagles playing in those treacherous conditions. They do. Back-to-back they- weeks in Kansas City and then last week. So, like I said, tired legs might come into play, but... They, you guys are still. There's no reason why you should be betting against um, the Philadelphia Eagles, especially at home at the moment. One of the short, one of the hardest runs <laughs> ever. Crazy schedule, Eagles isn't it? at the moment to, to come off. I mean, had had the Dolphins who were on a tear, and then the Commanders who who have been pretty good against us recently, and then Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, 49ers, and then back into Dallas the following week. It's just. Hell of a run, but I, I think you're you're right. Like the the Niners are a really, really, really good football team, and I think the you know the the NFC Championship rematch is a is a really good point that they're going to want to show. The Niners are going to want to show what happens when Brock Purdy plays a full game, and they've got a quarterback out there. Um, yeah, they, they're going to want to because you know, that's been their argument is that yeah. you know, we would have beaten yeah. you if if Brock Purdy hadn't got injured. Um, and, and, you know, it's a legitimate argument. I still think they're wrong, but it's a legitimate argument. Uh, but, you know, it's because I'm an Eagles fan. I'm allowed to. So, Well, you did dominate that game. I know there was obviously the injury that, you know, upset the apple cart a bit, but um, you guys looked like you were rolling anyway in that game. It was mm. like, um, 
But yeah, continue, please. Oh, I just—they're both both really good teams, both powerhouse teams. The the one thing that worries me for for both teams is the secondaries um, on defense. I think the Eagles—it's it, the one the one part of the defense that hasn't been lights out this season is is the secondary. Um, and same with the same with the Niners. I think that they've shown even over the last month, even as they've kind of got got back on track, that they can. You know, they can leak some points as well if if quarterbacks are able to air it out and, and throw the ball. Um, and I think if it if it came down to a shootout between the two teams, I think I think the Eagles' air game is better than the Niners. Um, but Lane Johnson's a huge out. If he's if he's not playing, it's a huge out. And I do think that their defensive line is probably slightly better than ours. Um, I mean, they've just got star power on in every position. Um, the Niners are just, yeah, they're a powerhouse. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not betting that game for obvious reasons, but... Um, yeah, to stay out. Could be, could be the... I mean, we, we say it every week. Um, that there's a, there's a game of the game of the season every every week, but this is legitimately could be game of the year. Yeah. Um, well, if anything, yeah, if it's, if it's anything like the game last week against Buffalo, then it's a it's a must watch for sure. Hmm. Hundred um, percent. The last game that you got highlighted here is uh, the Chiefs and Packers. What's uh, what's interesting there? I just think Jordan Love has all of a sudden turned the corner again. We saw him start the season well. He looked god awful for about three or four weeks, and they just lost. Looked like they'd lost. They looked all at sea, and then all of a sudden the Packers kind of look rejuvenated. They've got all their young kind of weapons up and firing their wide receivers. Um, even their young tight ends. But Jordan Love, all of a sudden, I can't remember his stats over the last few weeks, but it's he's been lights out and um, really turned a corner. I'm not sure why or what's happened to spark him into action, but the Packers all of a sudden are a playoff team again and um, they can sneak easily sneak into a six or a seven spot in the NFC at the moment. So it's a, it's a big game. Um, Patrick Mahomes has never played at Lambeau, um, so big occasion. Um, going in on prime time in one of the um, most famous stadiums in in the land, so um, very interesting to see kind of how that turns out. But um, yeah, Jordan Love could make a name for himself even more so if he can beat the King in uh, in Lambo this week. Absolutely, I mean that'd be a huge scalp, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I mean I I don't see it happening, but you, you never know. It is it is one of those things that. Could only happen at Lambeau Field, isn't it? It's one mm. of those things where you, you get the, the the guy that struggled most of the season against you know one of the MVP favorites, probably the best player in the competition, um, and you know once in a generation type player. And at Lambeau Field, Jordan Love can beat Pat Mahomes. It's it's just one of those things. Uh, obviously, to finish off the the week thirteen matchups, obviously the, the Bills, the Bears, Vikings, Giants, Ravens, and Raiders are on the bye. Uh, before we get into the the take bag uh, to finish the show, I want to tell you a little story. Obviously, we haven't done the show for a couple of weeks. Uh, I've been been pretty crook for, for two or three weeks, um, and obviously, big Eagles fan. My wife is a massive. Taylor Swift fan. So she's just jumped on board the Travis Kelsey train and, and the Chiefs train in the last couple of months for, for obvious reasons. But um, as a as a big Taylor Swift fan, and, and she's turned my daughter into a big Taylor Swift fan. She's six. Um, and so they've been making their friendship bracelets, you know, the Taylor Swift thing, all the friendship bracelets. So, yeah, they made themselves kind of red and white, um, yeah, Taylor Swift era friendship 
bracelets and whatever. And, and I've been crook and, and, and in bed for a couple of weeks. And uh, my little girl decided that she would take the opportunity to make me a friendship bracelet to cheer me up. And so I'm going to show you this on, on the screen. It's, it's green and white. It's green and white. Eagles colors. And it says, it says, fly eagles fly. Oh, beautiful. That's from, that's from my six-year-old. So it's, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. That's, um, what a good luck charm for the rest of the season. <laughs> so I thought that was a nice little story, but take bag, take bag is one of, one of the new segments that we've, we've brought in this year on the show. You want to, you want to kick us off with this one? Yeah, I can. Uh, I did the playoff predictor before we jumped on and the AFC, you need a lot of wins to get in, I found. And, um, I don't think you'll sneak in with um, without double digits. Um, so I think 10 or 11 wins you're going to need to get into the AFC. Um, and I've got the Texans making it. I've got the Texans making it. I think they finish with a an incredible 11 and um, 7. No, what are we up to? 11 and They've 6. They've got a good run home, yeah, don't so they, the Texans? I've got them winning yeah. the next five five of their last six, um, which is we, I think crazy hard to do. It. We spoke about it a few weeks ago. Mm. How good their run home was, yeah. But yeah, look, I think they've got a an easy schedule. I think they'll easily make the playoffs um, with ten or eleven wins under their belt, and and that's what they're going to need to to get in. And unfortunately, that means the Bills miss out. Um, but yeah, you'll need ten or eleven wins at the minimum to get into the AFC this year. Whereas obviously that's a bit different in the NFC when you've got a division winner getting in with eight wins or something like that. But <laughs> the other take that I wanted to give share with you is that I think San Francisco might go on a run like they did last year, win all the way through for the rest of the regular season and pinch the number one seed off the Philadelphia Eagles. Oof. 14 and 3. You'll Ooh, both finish cool. at 14 and 3. That's if the Niners win this week that I've got. I think you guys are losing to mm-hmm. Dallas in Dallas. Uh, that'll give you three losses and, and the Niners will will go through undefeated for the rest of the season and, and take the tiebreaker of you guys and... Be the number one seed in the NFC, so that is my hot take. Probably wrong, but it's my hot take. We'll lose to the to the uh, the Giants in the final week at MetLife as well because we'll, we'll be playing <laughs> with zero players. Yeah, we'll, we'll be playing you know, Joe Blow off the South Street curb at quarterback in that in that game. Um, <laughs> no, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I mean, that's what the take bags for some some hot takes, and and I like it. It's good. Um, my one. My, we've already talked about it a little bit, but Jalen Hurts, what he's doing and what he's done over the last couple of years in Philadelphia is is amazing. And I, I was looking at some some stats earlier today, and I feel like if this trend, I mean, it's not so much a trend anymore after three and a half years, but this this is a this is a legitimate career now. This is an MVP favorite. He was MVP favorite for most of last season as well. Um, if this career trajectory continues. Jalen Hurts has the opportunity to go down as the greatest Philadelphia Eagle ever. Greatest franchise player for the Philadelphia Eagles, storied franchise. Uh, obviously, haven't had that many championships and all that sort of stuff, but they've had some amazing players. Um, but I want to run through some of these these stats. He's 25 years old. He's been in the, in the competition. He's been in the system for three and a half years. And he's currently, after three and a half years, Number eight all-time, the franchise passing touchdowns. Number five all-time, the franchise rushing touchdowns. Number six all-time completions. Number six all-time passing yards. Number 17 all-time rushing yards. And that's not quarterback rushing yards. That's all players rushing yards. 
He's number two all time in the franchise quarterback rating for any quarterback who's attempted over a thousand pass attempts. He's number nine all time four quarter fourth quarter comebacks, number seven all time game winning drives, and number five all time quarterback wins, which you know is not a meaningful stat by any measure, but it just shows you the level to what he's played over the last three and a half years, and in particular over the last two two seasons. Um, but if this continues for another five or six years, then he's right up there with your Donovan McNabbs and Randall Cunningham's and, and these guys as the greatest Philadelphia Eagles of all time, at least at the, the quarterback position and, and potentially of, of all players, you know, with your, your Brian Dawkins and, and those guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is a bit of a it's a bit of a long term hot take, but uh, I think that the opportunity is there, and and he's got the mentality. He's got, you know, you, you said it before. He's he's locked in like not many players can get locked in like like he is. Um, and if this trajectory continues, then those type of numbers and those type of rankings are not out of reach. No, it's it's phenomenal start to what he's done in his career, isn't it? Especially for a guy essentially got benched in his college career it's it's an amazing story and a, a fantastic turnaround so yeah kudos to Jalen Hurts he, he's certainly uh, um, you know a guy you can root for even though if you don't follow the Eagles he's someone I think you want to succeed just for his um, for how he conducts himself and and you know his hunger and, and drive to, to to be the best 100% and his leadership I think he's proven mm-hmm. in the last couple of years his leadership um, and his will, his will to win and, and bring guys along for the ride is is, is amazing. So, yeah, that's uh, that's about it to finish the show. Obviously, uh, if you want to have a chat, um, you, know, you can get us on on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now, uh, at Punt Return Pod. We're on Facebook or on Instagram, although we haven't been as active in the last couple of weeks, obviously. Um, but we are back. We are around, um, and, and we're always happy to have a chat about football if you want to. So um, come at us and, and tell us what we've got wrong, what we've got right. Uh, any any plays this week? Not on the uh, run no, sheet. I forgot to ask. Haven't actually, so. Yeah, I haven't actually had a look, to be honest. Um, I think we've both found one in terms of the Titans and Colts game to, mm. to jump into again. Could be a little bit of a trap, but, yeah, maybe we'll um, we'll have a look and post something on our socials for the Thursday night game at least and, and kick off the ball rolling that way. But, um, no, great to be back chatting with you, mate, and hopefully, hopefully – You'll have a very special guest next week, but we'll see how that plays out. Well, we're on we're on the lookout for a for a guest co-host. Given um, given you're probably going to be off next week, um, and probably should be. I mean, let's be honest, you probably should be off next week. Yeah, look, I'll um, I'd love to do it, but I'll probably get um, get kicked out of the house if I if I did jump on. <laughs> so, well, maybe we'll ask, maybe we'll ask this for the listeners. But if you if you've got any recommendations for a for a guest co-host for next week. Hit us up and let us know, and we'll reach out and see what we can see what we can do. But uh, we, we've got yeah, a few listening. irons in the fire. And yeah, we'll see if happens. you're listening, Jackson, I want you to do it. But um, <laughs> I know Jackson is a very avid listener, and hopefully he's still listening. One of my former colleagues. Um, hopefully, the great man is listening and might want to step up. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Uh, but yeah, that Colts Titans unders maybe into the Dolphins Commanders overs. Overs, yeah. Maybe a little, maybe a little play. I think the line there was forty nine. So. Yeah, it could be some points in that one potentially. Um, but uh, that just about wraps it up. Any final thoughts at your end? No, mate. Hopefully it's another uh, good week at NFL. It's, um, yeah, an exciting week despite obviously six teams on a bye, less games. But, um, yeah, some really good ones that we've covered. And 
Um, yeah, mate, I'll chat to you Monday when I've got a holding a baby girl. That'd be pretty pretty cool. Looking forward to it. But, uh, as uh, as we as we hit our one hour twenty minute mark, that is yeah. that is usual. Um, the final thought here is, mate, all the best on Monday. All the best next week, and uh, good luck with everything. And I uh, hope everything goes as as smoothly as it can. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. And because I'm having the baby in your neck of the woods, you might even have to hand deliver that bottle of whiskey, mate. But um, we'll see how we go. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Maybe you can stop by and we'll, we'll have a cigar later on. Um, no, that, that could even be, yeah, that sounds like a plan. Sounds, sounds like, like a plan. plan. All right, to finish All right, up, mate. as always, go birds. Go birds.